You just tuned in to Mocha Speaks. It's time for real conversation. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Mocha Speaks. The topic of this episode is Black History Month. Today, we'll be learning the history behind Black History Month, discussing the many facets of Black history with Mocha, and playing a fun game centered on African Americans who were the first to accomplish something throughout history. Let's get into the episode. All right, hello and welcome to Mocha Speaks. Today, we are going to be talking about Black History Month. So just a little introduction to talk about the history of Black History Month. Black History Month was proposed by Black educators and students in the Black United Students Group at Kent State University in 1969. The first Black History Month was celebrated a year later in February of 1970 at Kent State. President Gerald Ford formally recognized Black History Month in 1976 during the United States Bicentennial, where he asked Americans to uh, seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area throughout our history. Since the creation of Black History Month in the United States, many countries have followed and created a Black History Month of their own. Currently, the United Kingdom, Germany, Canada, Ireland, France, and many African countries have their own version of Black History Month. In the U.S., a theme is selected by the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, or ASAL, The theme for the past five years, which is 2019 to 2023, have been Black migrations, African Americans and the vote, the Black family, representation, identity and diversity, Black health and wellness, and this year's theme for 2023 is Black resistance. So I'm sitting here with Mocha, and we're just going to get into a short interview about Black History Month. So Mocha, what does Black History Month mean to you? And specifically with this year's theme of Black resistance, what is Black resistance to you? Well, to me, Black resistance is just to basically push back against the system and to resist the current conditions as the way they are. I feel like we still live in a oppressive state. Um, Even some of the things you mentioned in the introduction about Black History Month and, and just being able to educate folks about Black history because it is a part of American history, we still don't have those things even basically in the school system where we have a curriculum that is dedicated to Black history and being incorporated into the school. So we have to continue to fight and push back against the system because um, some progress have been made, but sometimes I question how much progress has really been made? Has it been a simulation of like, we're really having more freedom and, you know, um, because we're not no longer in shackles, Mm -hmm. but I think that we still have um, areas. I don't even think, I know we have areas that we have to continue to push back against. And so that's what it means to me. What are some ways that you celebrate black history? I mean, um, as being the, I would say, being the co-founder of the Athens Anti-Discrimination Movement, I celebrate Black Black History 365 days of the year. I am Black History. But during Black History Month, we just go the extra mile. 
And we make sure that we have events that bring awareness to where we are, the good stuff. We celebrate the good stuff, the Black excellence, business owners, people that are thriving in Black history. But we also try to remind people that work is, there's a lot of work that is still left to be done. Um, I think one of the most important pieces that we picked up is um, like just trying to teach the truth um, outside of the classroom system. And so each, um, starting since last year of 2020, what is this, 2022, we started teaching the truth, teach the truth series. And so that is something that I think that we need to do beyond Black History Month is to just make sure we have safe spaces where people can learn about, you know, learn about Black history. And um, this month we're doing the 1619 Project, which I think is very important because slavery is so tied to, um, a lot of the corruption that we see within the system and, 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 it, and it continues to impact us today. And people, some people don't, don't understand how, or they're like slavery is over, you know, but mm, it, the racism is still embedded in our system. For sure. And I think that's a good uh, transition to our, our next question. So why do you think it's important to remember and honor all the different aspects of black history? I think it's important to honor all the different aspects is because um, especially, you know what I think about really? I have two versions of black history for myself. Mm -hmm. Being that I'm an immigrant from Jamaica, I have to understand that portion of black history and, and, um, and how, you know, the migration happened in Jamaica. And there was a part, you know, where we went through slavery, but our slavery ended before American slavery ended. That is why it's important for us to know all the different aspects of Black history, because whether you're on American soil or you're on the island or wherever you are throughout um, this nation, you were taken from someplace else and, mm. and dispersed in different, scattered in different, um, on a different American soil. You know, mm -hmm. so that's why it's important because black people play so, so many roles in building up different countries and the contribution that black people have made, you know, still haven't been fully acknowledged. So there is different aspects of black history and that's what people also need to understand because if you're an immigrant um, from Jamaica or from another island or from another place, you have two different lenses when it comes to black history. There's American black history and then there is, there is you know, indigenous, I would say, like if you're from the native islands. So there's two different lenses when it comes to black history. So it's very important that people don't limit themselves. And even if you study um, what went on with the civil rights movement, go beyond that, go deeper way, way deeper, and then branch out into how did um, slavery impact other places in different countries. And you'll see how history repeats itself. You'll mm -hmm. see how you cannot be, a, um, how you can be an ally as opposed to causing more harm because you're not aware of the historical things that have happened. Um, so it's, it's really important that people take the time to um, just digest and study various aspects of Black history. Yeah, I really like that answer. And I really like how you talk about the different lenses of Black history that um, different people can have when they come from different places. 
um, that kind of leads me into my next question. So Black history is also considered American history. So kind of looking through that American lens, how do you think Black history exemplifies what it means to be American? Or do you think otherwise? Would you maybe disagree with that? It's kind I of a tough question. Yeah, it's a difficult question. It's a difficult question because, you know, even my, myself and my husband was having that conversation the other day. If you were born here on American soil, you know what I mean? You have yeah. to embrace African-American history. You have to be able to you have to be able to walk in that and be proud of that. Even the, um, because I would say African-Americans set the example of like the possibilities of what can happen, the freedoms that can happen for you. Because when you're in another island and you're sitting there or you're in Jamaica or someplace else, a lot of people look at America. So it's not just white America they're looking at. You're looking at Black America too. And Black mm -hmm. Americans add a lot of flavor. I, I'm hoping I'm using the proper term, but it, it, they had a lot of flavor and mm -hmm. a lot of um, nuances to the American history. So they cannot deny that. You, they can't deny that. They shouldn't be denied the contribution that, that um, African-Americans have made to this country. But it's really fascinating to me because so many people in various places look at the African-Americans as like, that's what you wanna emulate. That's what, it just looks so cool. It just looks so vibrant, you know? But at the same time, then when you come to the States, you see how um, African-Americans are treated by the United States of America. So they created this thing to where it's like justice and equality for all, but it doesn't always trickle down evenly when it comes to black and brown people in America. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I, I, hope I gave a, I hope I gave you enough information to kind of because that's a complex question. It really is. And I, I think what I kind of understood from your response is that, you know, black history is uh, is directly tied to American history. And a lot of people mm -hmm. around the world look to black Americans um, as, you know, sort of the forefront of of making black history and they're really sort of revolutionary but at the same time this country doesn't treat black people very well and there's all these different struggles that are still going on um right really because, i mean I, I, because look at it like this music have been stolen from us fashion um even the food you know what I mean? We're not given credit for a lot of different things. Even back in the days when they had slavery, you had, it was the black woman that was taking care of the child. That was the black woman that was cooking in the house, tending to the family. That is an impact on that child, whether it's a, it's a white child, but that that ancestor made an impact on that child while she was in that house. The food that that family digested was coming from the hands of a black woman, which was coming from Africa, which was coming from, you know, um, soul food, the origination of soul food. So then it's like all of those things are stripped and taken from us and not fully um, given credit. So if for, for us to not fully embrace that or, or try to say, you need to look at all of that and African-Americans need to be acknowledged for the contribution that they have made to the United States. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Okay, so we're moving into the segment where we're going to play a really fun game. Yay! Um, game time! <laughs> it's game time. So this is a game called First Black American, where I will name an African American who is the first person to do something, and you have to guess what it is that they did first. Okay. So, and there's hints for all of these, so don't worry. Okay. So starting in the 1800s, in 1870, Thomas Mundy Peterson was the first African-American to do what? And the hint is that he did something that we want as many people to do today as we can, and it's now protected by the 15th Amendment. Vote. <laughs> yes. He was the first African-American to vote in an election under the 15th Amendment, which guaranteed voting rights to people of all races. That's right. Okay, right. okay. Okay, we're one for one right now. That's pretty good. All right. In 1895, W.E.B. Du Bois was the first African-American to earn what from Harvard? And this is the highest form of education you can receive. A PhD? Yeah, he was the first to receive a PhD from Harvard. And I, I didn't, didn't know that. I thought, yeah. I didn't know that. That was a good one. What, mm -hmm. it, I mean, I knew he had earned a degree, but I didn't even realize that it was the PhD. But yeah, that's a good one. This, yeah, I like this. Mm -hmm. All right, moving into the 1900s. So in 1968 and in 1972, Charlene Mitchell and Shirley Chisholm were the first African-American women to run for what? And a hint is that in current times, Kamala Harris also ran for this position. They ran for vice president? They actually, she, they were actually oh, running president, for president. president. Okay, Shirley Chisholm ran for president. Okay. She did, yeah. Kamala yeah, also yeah. ran for president before she was appointed to vice president. So. Right, right. I almost forgot she ran for that. I'm just... <laughs> Oh man, what is Kamala doing? Now let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 1999, this might be a tricky one. Maurice Ashley was the first African American to be awarded a certain title in a competitive board game. <laughs> um, I would say, oh, and guess what? Okay, so Maurice Ashley, he's actually Jamaican-American. Oh, really? Yes, he's Jamaican-American, and I would say the chess game. Yes, he was actually the first African-American to be awarded the Grandmaster title in chess, which is the highest title you can receive in that game, which I think is really cool. Wow, that's pretty cool. I would like to learn more about him because I see here, when I did a quick Wikipedia, he's Jamaican-American. Yeah. Um, all right, we're moving into the 2000s. All right, this one, this one will hopefully be pretty easy, hopefully. In 2002, Venus Williams, sister to Serena Williams, was the first African-American ranked number one in what sport? Of course, tennis. Yes. <laughs> Climb the ranks to reach number one in tennis in 2002. Wow. All right, this one's going to be, this one has to be so, this one, you have to get this one. You have to get this one. 
In 2009, mm-hmm. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were the first what in history, in American history? Well, he was the first president and they were the first couple, black couple that is that entered the White House. Yep, that's correct. No tricks there. I just wanted to include uh, Obama because Obama is black history, you know? <laughs> yeah, for real. So, and he definitely changed the game. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another fun one. In 2018, mm-hmm. Beyonce was the first African-American woman to headline what major music festival? And the hint for this one is that they were calling it Baychella as a result of her uh, headlining it. Coachella. Yep. Yeah, Coachella. Mm-hmm. I think recently she's the first uh, um, to win that many Grammys too, or something like that. Um, some award show just recently went down and they're saying she's been won the most Grammys or something. I'm Beyonce probably has a lot of firsts. Um, <laughs> this is just one of many. Right. <laughs> and here's our last one for the game. Mm-hmm. So in 2022, Maya Angelou was the first woman to appear on what? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> My, this was, so this 20- was actually after she passed away. However, she is now honored on this object. And the hint is that if you have a pile of spare change, you might find her. Oh, a dollar bill. She's, she's on the money? She, yeah, she actually appears first African-American to appear on U.S. currency. But oh, she's wow. actually on the quarter. Okay. Well, that is good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that wraps up our game of first Black American. Mocha, I will say you did excellent. Um, A lot of these were pretty tricky, but you got a lot of them and I'm very happy for you. (laughs) Yes, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I really did. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Mocha Speaks. Mocha Speaks is written, co-hosted, and produced by Mocha Jasmine Johnson and J.W. Chin. Join us next time during Women's History Month for conversations exploring women's history, current issues, and more.